The pastors are also supposed to inform the people, bring information, inform the people. Something is happening, we inform you. We inform you from the... We're in our series on the church and we're looking at the ministry gifts and we're looking at the office of a pastor. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in, the, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and give gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that is for the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And so God, who gave these gifts, to us, gave it for our building up, for us to be helped, for us to be kept from being deceived. Amen? And so, it is not a gift that who receives it stays at home, or who's going to be a beneficiary to it to stay at home. You're not supposed to neglect the gathering of ourselves. Amen? Because when you neglect the gathering of ourselves, you won't be in the fellowship of the saints, and you will not have benefit of the gift teaching you, deep growing you up, amen, edifying you, hallelujah. So it is necessary that we remain part of the body, functional part of the body. Now, we're dealing with the office of the pastor. He said, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers We've dealt with all the other gifts. We're dealing with the office of a pastor. Amen. And we said that the, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 3, this is also one of our main texts, Jeremiah chapter 3 for the office of a pastor, verse 15. It says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which I'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. Praise God. The thing there is that you are fed with knowledge. And understand it. They give knowledge, they give understanding. Even the priests of old, the teaching priests, they give 
the word of God and give the people understanding. Praise the Lord. So it is today. And the office of a pastor, the word translated pastor there, we said was the Greek word poimen in the Greek, and it means shepherd. Praise the Lord. That's the um, complete word study Bible dictionary says that that word was translated as poimen. Amen. Under the Old Testament, the word pastor, like was translated in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, is rea. It is a verb that means to feed, to guide, to bring correction, to encourage, to tend, to be a shepherd. It means in general to care for, to protect, to graze, to feed flocks and herds. Amen? And so God, when the Lord was, you know, uh, saying this, this was what he had in mind. Praise the Lord. This was what he had in mind. He had in mind that the pastor would be somebody who would feed the flock, tend the sheep, all right, care for them, protect them. Praise the Lord. You know, the, the natural shepherd had a rod in his hands. He had a staff uh, which was mingled with a rod. Both of them were doing the same things. He had one in his hand. Sometimes he used the hook at the end of it to draw the sheep back when they're going astray. And then he uses the other to strike. If an animal comes, he strikes the animal with it, a beast, so that it does not hurt the sheep. Praise the Lord. If that was, in, and God having that in mind, all right, while he was speaking to the church, meant that your pastor, being a shepherd, he was giving tools to protect you. And we're going to be looking at that in a little bit. First Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1. He said, it is a true saying, if a man wants to be a pastor, he has a good ambition. He said, for a pastor must be a good man whose life cannot be spoken against. He must have only one wife. He must be hardworking and thoughtful, orderly, full of good deeds. He must enjoy having guests in his home. Must be a good Bible teacher. He must not be a drinker or quarrelsome, but he must be gentle and kind and not be one who loves money. He must have a well-behaved family with children who obey quickly and quietly. For if a man cannot make his own little family behave, how can he help the whole church? And we did say that this was vital. And that we began to go through all the things that were in the office of a pastor. And we said the first is that he cares for the sheep. He tends the sheep. Praise God. He encourages the sheep and brings healing bound. Praise the Lord. Now, but all these things don't work if you're not subject to authority. If you're not subject to a pastor's uh, tutelage and direction and spiritual leading, you are not entitled to that grace. It's a dangerous thing. That's why when you go home and you're you're, you're taking your, your, your pastor to the dry cleaners or the shredding machine and you do whatever you like with him and, you know, you speak about your leaders and you speak evil of them, belittle them with your friends or whatever. What you're doing is you're disturbing yourself because when trouble strikes and you call them to pray for you, when they pray, you won't believe it. You're, that's why I say you're troubling yourself. Don't allow people to speak evil 
of your leaders. In fact, under the law, it was a sin. The, under the law, it says you shall not speak evil of the leader of your people. Glory be to God. You know, when the Apostle Paul was speaking and the, um, what's his name? The high priest commanded him to be slapped. Let's read it from verse one. It says, and Paul earnestly beholding the council when they brought him to judge him, said, men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee with that whited wall. Thou sittest thou to judge me after the law and condemnest me to be smitten contrary to the law. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? Then said Paul, I wish not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. So Paul acknowledged that, though he was a Jew. Praise God. So, and the Bible says, you will not touch the Lord's anointed and be counted guiltless. When somebody is your pastor, the Bible says that you should honor them. Amen? Now, we talked also about the fact that he encourages, we said that, number two. Number three, he's your spiritual leader, your guide, teacher, he trains the sheep, all right, and the flock of God in the new life that is in Christ and in godliness, reverential fear, and how to worship the Lord. Number four, he does Christian counseling. That's where we start, praise God, based on the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, we came to the fact that when a believer goes to church and does anything, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Actually, that, that quote was actually from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. He said, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. He, that is talking about the Antichrist and those that are like him. He said, But the just shall live by his faith. A translation says, By his own faith. Amen. The scriptures tell us that whatsoever that is without faith is sin. It's important that we understand that that is how the kingdom of God functions. God is not a, a God of chances. You know, you're just, what I mean by chances is that you're just going about and saying, okay, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, that's what the apostle Paul says, we do not propose like men, men. Deuteronomy chapter 17. God warned the children of Israel concerning going for counseling. You know, people just come, waste a pastor's time. They come from their homes. They have already assumed what the pastor will say. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, God said something there that is so vital. I'll start it from verse 6. It says, at the mouth of two or three witnesses shall he that is worthy of death be put to death. But at the mouth of one witness he shall not be put to death. Now, what he was saying here, he has said in a lot of places, at the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Verse 8, if there arise a matter too hard for thee in judgment, 
Between blood and blood, he's talking here if there arises a matter that is too hard for people to settle in their families among themselves. Praise the Lord. Between blood and blood, between plea and plea, and between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within thy gates, then shalt thou arise and get thee up into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt come unto the priest, the Levites, and unto the judge that shall be in those days. Now, it's important to understand that God looked at eternity future when he was talking. And he said, the priests, he said, the Levites, and unto the judge that shall be in those days. And inquire, and they shall show thee the sentence of judgment. And thou shalt do according to the sentence which day of that place which the Lord shall choose shall show thee and thou shalt observe to do according to all that they inform thee. According to the sentence of the law which they shall teach thee according to the judgment which they shall tell thee thou shalt do. Thou shalt not decline from the sentence which they shall show thee to the right hand, not to the left. Now, understand what God is trying to say here. He's not saying when you now come and we now say, okay, wow, we'll be looking for somebody to mow the lawn. The sentence today is that you should go and mow the lawn. That's not, it is not a subjective sentence. He said something that is vital that I want you to see. He said here, Verse 11, according to the sentence of the law, which means according to the sentence of the word, according to God's precept and instruction. Do you understand? So if you, if you brought somebody and the person is not saved and you decided to go to the pastor to ask if you should marry the person and the scriptures are opened, and you are told what the will of God is. You're not supposed to get up, live there, and go and do what is in your mind. It's better for you not to go to the pastor. You can imagine how serious the sentence is. All right? God said that if a man does that in that time, you know, we're not under the law. Do you understand? We're not under the law. But I'm trying to tell you how serious that thing is in the mind of God. We walk by faith. I don't just get up from my home, all right, and then you go to a pastor, you sit down in front of him, you don't know you're sitting before the Lord to inquire. That's what you're trying to do. Then he now tells you, he now opens the Bible because you had your Bible at home. A lot of times when people come for counseling, they already read the Bible. They know what the scripture says. They just want to come and force the pastor to agree with them. Verse 12. And the man that would do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that standeth to minister before the Lord, thy God, unto the judge, even that man shall be put to death and thou shalt put away the evil from Israel and all the people shall hear and fear 
and do no more presumptuously. I said we are not under the law. Don't go and kill somebody, you know, because they didn't listen to you. Maybe you're a pastor tomorrow. That's not what he's saying to us. We are under grace. Amen? We're not under the law. We're under grace. But I'm trying to show you how important it is to God. In Luke chapter 10 verse 16, he said, He that heareth you, heareth me. He that despiseth you, despiseth me. He that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. As the word of God is coming through that counseling room or whatever, the man of God is telling you something, the pastor who's, the reason why I'm concentrating on the pastor is because this is the age of pastors. What I mean by that is that they, they, they make, you know, they, they, they flock are being taken care of by pastors. The local assemblies are being taken care of by pastors. The pastors are also supposed to inform the people, bring information, inform the people. Something is happening, we inform you. We inform you from the biblical standpoint. How, what are the tools given to a pastor to protect the sheep? The word. Praise the Lord. In the spirit of the Lord. 